interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. How can I thank you for listening and come across in the way that I really feel in my heart? How do I do that without not sounding authentic? How do I do that? Uh, yes, authenticity isn't a challenging place for me right now. I happen to be uh, uh, interviewing with different companies. So that's always a tricky thing, tricky spot. I'm in a tricky spot with it myself because I was being my normal self. I'm an open book. Mm -hmm. And with a friend, if something bothers me, I talk about it in a gentle way. And I felt like the person wasn't hearing me. So I went to the next person in our little tiny circle. Right. And they were not hearing me at all. Oh, dear. And I said, I don't think you understand how bad my situation is right now. So you're not hearing what I'm saying. And boy, did she not like hearing that. And it was the end of our friendship. Well, that is a challenging thing to hear, frankly. Yeah. Nobody likes to have their authenticity called into question for sure. I didn't call their authenticity into question. I was just revealing my pain and it was it had nothing to do with them. But anyway, it definitely got to got me in a place where, wow, well, I don't want to share myself ever again. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's my challenging point right now. Right. And yours is, why is yours that way? I know, you know, Matt is looking for a job, everybody. Hey. (laughs) Anyways. um, No, I'm 100% authentic when I'm talking to the people. It's the follow-ups that are tricky. And it's the understanding that maybe this is not the right opportunity or this isn't a dream opportunity, as it were, right? And these are people who are already heavily invested in whatever place they're at. And so they're 100% on board, theoretically. So it can be hard to sound enthusiastic about being there with an understanding that in all likelihood I won't be because I'm looking at many opportunities right now. And also most people are not living authentically. They're not being their true authentic selves but they pretend they are to save their job they pretend they are to save their relationships they pretend they are because they don't want to be exposed as anything it's risky it's risky to be authentic to be totally yourself right because it can get you fired it can get you out of a relationship you know, it's quite painful. And it, it's also, risky. it also exposes you completely. Like if you're so desperate to fill in the blank, to get this job, to be with this person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't happen. Boom. That's, that's, that's a hard thing. So, but going back, I, we want to express to you how grateful we are that you're listening to our show right now. Thank you. I am in awe. It's not like I have poured a whole bunch of money in looking at analytics for our show but looking at it I know you're listening every single day and I'm so grateful thank you for having us be heard thank absolutely. you absolutely thank you thank you for listening it means 
See, I, I feel like she's whatever, gonna. She's starting to tear up, folks. I am starting to tear up, but I feel like whatever comes out of my mouth is going to sound so cheesy and inauthentic, but it really is. I'm so grateful. Okay, so here we go. Let's just get into the topic for today. Of course, I always say, okay, let's get into it. But but first, I wanted to uh, ask you, did you know that our cells, you know, the cells in our bodies, so science today is telling us that even our cells emit light when they perform their functions. Neurons in the brain and spinal nerves have been found to produce photons. Photons are tiny particles of light that influence our very atomic structure. When they send impulses to each other, they're communicating through light. There's this quote from the book, The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar. A little quote that actually blends into what we're talking about today about authenticity. The key to a fully empowered experience of life is embodying the energy that you are. When I read that to me, I get to live fully. You have to be fully yourself. Don't hide. Don't try to edit yourself because you're afraid. Afraid of not having this friend or afraid of not having the job. Although the job thing, that's that's affecting, if you're American, that's affecting your life. You could die if you don't have a job because you won't have health insurance or you won't, you know what I mean? You won't no, have a place I to live. There's nothing out there that's a safety net for us Americans. Right. It right. sucks. Right. But there's a difference. Yeah. In my mind, at least, and then maybe it's just how I'm dealing with things. I am a hundred percent authentic. Yes. You know, I am showing them who I am and some people are, are some people like that and some people don't like that. But it's, most people don't do that, Matt. Well, yeah, that's true. That's one of the, my differentiators. All right. So the art of authenticity, here we go. Did you have something else to no, add before I I'm get good. into it? All right. The art of developing your presence. The art of authenticity. Authentic. The definition. I, I, I was looking around for several different definitions, and I was going back and forth between authentic and genuine. Genuine. How do you pronounce it? Genuine or genuine? I don't know. Okay. So here we go. You know what I'm talking about. Authentic means conforming to reality and therefore worthy of trust, reliance, or belief. Okay. Then genuine is belonging to or proceeding from the original stock, native, not counterfeit, not false. And at first I wanted to say that being genuine is radically different than being authentic. And then later as I was looking, I slept on it. I actually slept. And then I realized... Okay, this is what genuine and authenticity is, like why I was tripping on both of them. And I came to a conclusion. I'll tell you about it in just a second. But one more definition of authentic. Here we go. Authentic. It's you're true to your own personality, values, and spirit, regardless of the pressure that you're under to act otherwise. I'm going to say it again. Being authentic. You're true to your own personality, values, and spirit, regardless of the pressure that you're under to act otherwise. You're honest with yourself and with others, and you take responsibility for your actions. It's about your values, ideals, and actions. It's where your values, ideas, and actions align that is being authentic. 
And so I thought, why am I tripping on authentic versus genuine? Why did I trip on the difference between authentic and genuine? Because when you look up the etymology of authentic, it it says, oh, to be genuine. And I thought, no, that doesn't ring totally perfect with me. So I thought about it. And if you look at the definition of genuine, it means belonging to or proceeding from the original stock. It's native. It's not counterfeit. It's not false. But what really got me was it, it belongs to. What does it belong to? It belongs to yourself. When you're genuine, you belong to yourself. When you're genuine, you belong to yourself. You're fully empowered. You fully embody the energy that you are and that is authentic and i think what i'm trying to say is that this is one of the key 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 things of having true friendship is being authentic first with yourself there are things that we have to tell ourselves or acknowledge about our own selves before we can seek out or even recognize authenticity in another person and then therefore you can understand is the friendship authentic if the person isn't being authentic with themselves, there's no way that they can do that on the outside world and accept someone else's authenticity because they're not even accepting their own. And how can you even have a friendship and know what an authentic friendship is if you can't even take it to yourself and to others? How can you bring it to the circle of friendship, having it be a true, genuine friendship if this is not practiced if this is not done so the questions that i ask is are you the same person when you're by yourself as when you're in front of someone else when you're in front of other people do you change when you're in front of other people do you use different language when you're in front of other people do you wear something that you would never wear on your own can you dress in front of other people the way you dress when you're by yourself do you change things about yourself? Is there a facade? Is there a wall? And this is why it's so important to be alone. Like, you know, when people date, they're like, you should really spend time with yourself and date yourself. You know, get to know yourself before going out there again. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Me too. I mean, not that it happened on purpose, but it just happened. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't necessarily classify it as dating myself, but I would classify it as being comfortable and, and having a clear understanding of exactly who you are, owning your inner Popeye. Having a good time on your own is key. Yes. Right? Because if you don't, if you have to appreciate your own company. I got to a point, like, again, not by choice, not like I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hang out with you. I'm not going to date you. I'm going to take time for myself. No, it just happened. And I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm by myself. Nobody around. <laughs> it oh, was dear. like, if I were to describe it, it was like just being in the desert. Like that, <laughs> that time in my life was like, I'm just by myself on an island. Oh, well, what are you going to do? There are no planes flying over. You can say help to. It was just me. And, and then after a while, I'm like, I don't know if it was like too much loneliness, but I started cracking myself up. I was like, I'm funny. <laughs> I appreciate my own sense of humor. <laughs> Ooh, we can watch this movie. I love that movie too. Do you know what I mean? Cause it, <laughs> 
I just started having a good time by myself. I have the similar interests in art. I <laughs> well, you better. <laughs> it was fantastic, you know. And because I had that, I was more. Um, I had more capacity to appreciate something I didn't appreciate hanging out with someone else. You know what I mean? Because that's what they appreciated. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because I got to totally go to the movies that I wanted. I got to say what I wanted. I got to think what I wanted. I got to do whatever I wanted because I had that space. And you don't have to be in a desert-like existence like I did to achieve that. You have to just look to yourself and go, what what do you want? <laughs> what would you like today? You know what I mean? Like, or what do you really want? What do you like to do? What do you really think? You know what I'm saying? Without having anything punish you out there for thinking whatever you want to <laughs> oh, think. Oh dear. Well, that's punish. What, but you know what? That's what it is. People are afraid to be their authentic selves because they get punished. You get fired from a job. You get people yelling at you for having a belief that you have. But when you practice doing it on your own, it kind of goes away. It does. I mean, you, you may still have people yelling at you about, you're wrong. What do you mean? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but because you embody yourself and you're centered in that, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't shake you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. A lot of what you're describing, I certainly went through uh, when I lived alone. Uh, you know, I moved out of my parents' house and I, I had my own place. And yeah. You spend an awful lot of time like sorting things out. How I describe it to people, like a friend of mine just recently, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, separated from her husband and she got her own place. And it was the first time she'd ever lived alone. And she was, I don't know, she late 20s, early 30s. And I was like, be prepared. It gets a little lonely at first. At first, because you have to get comfortable with being alone and not being lonely. Right. And that takes a minute. I mean, we all know you can be with a bunch of people and feel lonely. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But if you know your authentic self, if you embody yourself, there's a party. There's a party at my house over here in my, my own self. Right. You but know it, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it, just, it can take a minute to get comfortable with that. But then it could also happen in a flash. Like, at, okay, at the risk of sounding schizophrenic, I've told you this story before, but it helps. For example... Like the reason why I'm saying there could be a party inside you, I had an entourage. Like in a split second, I decided I need an entourage. I need, I need protection. <laughs> you guys, well, I, I was just newly like 18. I was 18, graduated from high school. I had to hide the fact that I got into one of the toughest, best art schools in the country, like one of the best. And to even interview with this place, I knew that I had to go in person to interview because if they looked at my portfolio alone, I knew, I knew they would never accept me. The school was very fine arts oriented and my stuff was very commercial looking. I, I knew I, I had to sell it. And from an early age, I realized, even though people kept telling me, Vaughn, you really need to learn to be a really great salesperson because I worked with a lot of camera salespeople and I don't know, especially back then, sales had a very bad connotation. You know, salespeople were like the shady used car salespeople of the 1970s, you know, like the very cheesy you see in movies. Well, and that's because they weren't being authentic. Right, right, exactly. And things have changed now. 
hopefully, right? But I don't know. It's trickier now. It's trickier to see the sleaze sometimes. Definitely. Because they can use certain words, certain terminology to make them, uh, to, to use the colloquial, 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 oh my God. Colloquial. Oh, this will be fun to edit. Colloquial. <laughs> they use those certain terms, certain key words to to get a rise out of people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit more tricky, I think, to spot authenticity in sales right now. But anyway, going back, when people told me that, I got really offended. But at the same time, I was kind of understanding that I have to be there. And I didn't use the word sell, but I had to be there. Looking back on it, I can say I had to be there in person to sell my work, to sell what I was about, to sell what my work was about. And I did. And so I secretly flew to another city and met with the dean of the school and got accepted on the spot. All right. And then I had to figure out how to actually move there. I was on my own, guys. Like, my family pretty much disowned me so I left I packed up whatever little bit that I had and I moved to San Francisco I had traveled quite a bit before but all of a sudden I was so scared and I felt stuck and not able to move around like I just felt stuck I was like oh my god how do I get from point A to point B like even the simple stuff I was like how do I find out where my luggage is how do i find out where in the airport the the carousel is to find my luggage what if i don't get there in time what if the connecting flights don't work what if how do i find my stuff because i was so scared and i was so alone i just felt like i i didn't know anything and so here's where where the entourage comes in because all of a sudden well, so first of all, several amazing things happened on that flight. One is I was sitting next to a person that was older. They looked at my photography work and they were like, wow, you're really talented. And that, it just made, I needed to hear that. I needed some confirmation from people because I wasn't getting it from my family for sure. So I, that happened. And before the flight took off, the, the pilot started whistling as we were taking off like every little thing that I was used to I was used to being on a plane I was used to like the plane taking off but everything because I was feeling alone felt very unknown to me so as the plane was taking off I was getting more and more scared because I was like where am I going I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tonight I don't know anything nobody is helping me there's no one waiting for me on the other side I worked throughout high school to raise enough cash for tuition, like plunking down cash to the school. It was scary. So the plane is taking off and the pilot starts whistling off into the blue yonder. Here we go. I can't out into the... He started whistling this song. That's It's this American song about flying in the air. I yeah, I don't, from the I don't air know Force. it. Anyway, if you heard it, you would know it, Matt. And I can't do it because we're not allowed... Anyway, use music on this show. Anyway, when I got down to the airport at my destination, I remembered what a friend of mine said. Don't worry about it. If you don't know, just follow the herd. Right. And she's right. And every time since then, 
every time we travel anywhere, I kind of chuckle to myself because I remember my friend Ariane saying, just follow the herd. And it's true. When you get off the plane, the herd kind of leads you to baggage claim. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> and so I did. I got all my stuff. But I was thinking, I need help. So all of a sudden, I split into all these different fawns. There was one fawn that was like this six foot four tall man who was security. And this fawn walked with me. I was safe. I was protected by the security fawn. And then there was another fawn that was like holding a clipboard, holding a clipboard and knowing exactly what our agenda is. Like at this time, we're going to go here. And then there was one fawn that was in charge of baggage. So she collected all the bags, right? There was a fawn for everything. And I felt better. I felt like, okay, I'm a powerhouse. Do you know what I'm saying? I completely get it. Absolutely. I forgot why we started talking about this whole part. Do you? Do you remember why we started talking about? But I think it was about like having a party within yourself. Being comfortable being alone. Yeah. And realizing every aspect of yourself. And from that, I think one of the things that is key is to think about what it is that you're really thinking when you're in front of other people, when you meet someone else, or you're in a new situation, think to yourself, do you act in a way where you have to prove yourself in any way? Are you, are you going about life trying to prove yourself? Another one is, are you going through life feeling like you're protecting something? Are you going through life feeling like you have to defend something? Are you going through life thinking you have to hide something? Look at those four things. Prove protect, defend, hide. Those are the main four things. Are you doing any of those? And really getting to a point where you embody yourself, you embody your life, you don't have to do any of these things, but it's really important to find out if you are indeed acting, speaking in a way where you're constantly trying to prove, protect, defend, or hide. And those things can get in the way of being genuine, being authentic. When you share more of you, and that is your complete self, when you're embodied in that complete self of yours, you're a powerhouse. You're compassionate. You have more flexibility. You're more comfortable. And you attract so many others that are like you. And it's easier to find authentic situations. Not just authentic friendships, but just authentic experiences, authentic job, things will fall into place. But that means that you share your joys. That means that you share your mistakes, your greatness. You share your greatness. You share your vulnerabilities. People don't want to do that because they think it's risky. They get in trouble. When you show your vulnerability, people can pounce on you or right. do something to hurt you. But if you're so centered in that, and you're showing your vulnerability, they can't hurt you. They can't. So showing your fears. Once you face these vulnerabilities and these fears, they disappear. But it is authentic to share them because it's, it's still what you are feeling, what you're going through. Showing your brilliance, showing all of it, right? That is being genuine. That is being authentic. 
but you really need to anchor yourself in your true being in your own self to be strong in that i know it's risky but it is the key to having a true friendship it is key it's risky and it's so easy to hide behind being snarky all the time or being self-deprecating all the time or editing your life in such a way that you only show the highlight reel. I mean, there's a certain comfort in that. There's a certain comfort in being like always like, oh, yes, I am the greatest or mocking yourself and actually making yourself sound worse in the self-deprecating way. There's also a great comfort in living with misery because you're used to that misery. You're not used to something that's totally different. You're afraid to walk and put, dip your toes into water that is a different temperature. It's uncomfortable. Right. But it doesn't mean it's good for you to right. just stay in there. One of the people that I really love is Lisa Nichols. She's a great public speaker. I'm going to tell you something that she taught. It's an exercise. You have to do it every day. You have to do it when you wake up. You have to do it in the morning. Whenever you wake up, whenever you look at yourself in the mirror, it's an exercise you're supposed to do every day, right? Until you feel better, until you you realize what your authenticity is. And it's this. So you start off by stating your name to yourself. You're talking to yourself. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're talking to yourself as if you are talking to your best friend. You state your name. So my best friend. Okay. I'll say Vaughn, I'm proud that you, and then you fill in the blank, but you have to come up with seven different things that you're proud of every day. Yeah. Until you achieve something like, you know, okay, I'm centered now. So Fawn, I'm proud that you fill in the blank, seven different things. Okay. Let me see. Actually, I haven't done this yet. So I'm going to do it. I'm off the cuff right now. Okay. Fawn, I'm proud that you took off to San Francisco without having any support whatsoever. I'm so proud of you for doing that. That took balls right there. Fun. I'm proud of you for starting this podcast. No one could understand what I was talking about when I was talking about the art of friendship. No one understood what I was getting at. So I'm proud. Fun. I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of you for not listening to the naysayers. Anyway, you do it like seven times, seven different outcomes. Fun. I'm proud of you for leaving terrible relationships. Fun. I'm proud of you for drawing a line and creating your own family circle where the family that you came from was not okay, was creating a life that was not okay. And even though you come from a culture that never turns its back on its family members, I'm proud of you for being brave enough to just walk away from that negative situation and creating your own life. Even though you've had so many challenges because you were alone, even with you, Matt, You and I have been alone. There have been no grandparents or anybody to help us raise our kids. Not even anyone to babysit for us. It was just you and me. Vaughn, I'm proud of you for still having an open heart when people have totally been mean to you. I'm proud of you for standing up to those yoga people that were so bad. (laughs) I want to say racist. I'll call them out. Fawn, I'm so proud of you for standing up to that and saying, no, this is wrong. I'm proud of you for sticking to your own virtues. Am I up to seven yet? This is hard. It's not seven yet. Well, you get the point, right? 
Okay, so the next sentence you have to say is your name, and then you have to say, I forgive you for fill in the blank. Fun, I forgive you for. Oh my God, this is hard. <laughs> you want to go? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you state your name, and you say, I forgive you for fill in the blank seven different things so there are three sentences that you say i forgive you for beating yourself up so much and not sleeping and purposely staying up for the last seven years because you're afraid to go to sleep because you're afraid that you're going to lose control of your life that you feel like you have to stand on guard fawn i forgive you for sometimes losing your temper in bad situations Fawn, I forgive you for not being the success that you thought you would be with your career. I'm starting to cry, so I guess this is my authentic self. This is When things get hard when you're saying this is when you know you're being authentic, when it's really hard, and that's the point of this. Uh, the third, I'm not going to go through seven because I can't talk into the mic when I'm crying. <laughs> okay. Um, the third one is you state your name. And you say, I commit to you that. So fun, I commit to you that from now on, I'm going to go to sleep at a reasonable hour. State your name. I commit to you that. So you're looking at yourself and you're saying these things. So the three sentences again are your name. I'm proud that you fill in the blank too. I forgive you for fill in the blank. And then the third one is you state your name. I commit to you that fill in the blank. Seven different things. You do this every morning and then you're supposed to write down four things that really got to you. Like for me, it was about I started crying at a certain point. Write down the four things that really got to you. And that is where you start finding your true, authentic self. When you really feel them, you can embody them. When I come to my own authentic, genuine feelings, there's nothing anyone else can tell me. That will shake me. It's like, yeah, what's... So what's new? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. It's like Cyrano de Bergerac when the guy's making fun of his nose. And Cyrano de Bergerac says, is that all you've got? My nose is big? Really? That's all you've got? Do you know what I'm saying? He's not shaken by that. Well, it's more than just that's all you've got. He actually outlines like 13 better insults. <laughs> when it bleeds, the Red Sea is the one I always remember. <laughs> you know, oh, or an excellent display for perfumery. This episode today turned into a how-to, but uh, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, these. this is all certainly good as a step in i would say my step in was very different you know the way i really explored what i call my inner popeye because popeye yam what he am he's you know he is who he is and he has a clear understanding of that and and my way in was not every morning going through an exercise it was just it was a whole process and it was a process i went through when i lived alone because, yeah, it afforded me the opportunity to really dive in. And then even more recently, I, I, I did a, a checkup on it, which is really going through and pondering decisions you've made, choices you've made, the goods, the bads, the indifference. 
with an understanding that had you made any of them differently, that your life would be in a different place. And it tends to bring up things I feel bad about, and it tends to bring up things I am proud for. So there you go. You have to take the charge out of the things that you feel bad about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's just part of everything. I had a friend who would constantly, like, he knew the points that were vulnerable, and he would go for them in a joking-ish manner, but there was a sting to it until there wasn't a sting to it. Right. And you guys, you had this banter back and forth where you would totally rag on each other, but nobody's feelings would be hurt. Well, that's not 100% true. Sometimes feelings would get hurt and things would get really raw, Uh but the friendship was bigger than that. It wasn't something that could be, it wasn't a friendship that could be shredded by an errant comment. Or even a biting comment. Okay, so this is where I have a question. So my friendship with someone totally got shredded because she snapped at me when I was being vulnerable. She snapped at me and came at, came back at me with, because I said to her, you don't understand. And not every friendship is this way, first of all, because I remember, like, let's take Holly as an example. Years ago... I got fired from this job and I was devastated and I called her still at my desk saying they just fired me and she was so happy on the phone. She's telling me, congratulations, this is wonderful. Thank God. And I was like, I came back at her like, you're awful right now. Why are you being so mean to me? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But she didn't say, she didn't come back and get offended and like end the friendship when I said, wow, you're terrible right now. (laughs) I'm in pain. You're not, you don't even understand. I told her you don't understand. Mm -hmm. And that didn't offend her. It it actually did, did this thing where she embraced me and explained why it's good news. Do you know what I mean? She held me. And our friendship got better, even better. Whereas last week, I told someone, you don't understand, when they were clearly not understanding my problem, my situation. They did not understand. And I said, yeah, you don't understand. And from me texting, yeah, you don't understand, she came at me with such venom that it was the end of the friendship for me. Like, I don't have the capacity to be having an authentic friendship with this person because she just flew off the rails for me. Right. Right. But again, there's so much nuance to that. First of all, first of all, she was like, how dare you assume what I do and do not understand? I will never do that to you. Like she just went nuts on me. So I'm like, you know what? I can't fight any of this. Like I can't like she hurt me so badly that I'm like, I can't fix this. I don't have the capacity to fix this because obviously the years that I've known her maybe weren't as authentic as I thought because here the authenticity came and boom, this happened. I'm sorry. Please tell me what you were going to say. Well, first of all, I have issues with texting, but let's just throw those away for a second because it's impossible to hear tone from a text. I said, let's put that aside. Okay. Respect, mutual respect is what gets you through those moments. You know, I remember getting so pissed at this friend because 
I was already feeling stressed about something. I think it was something about being late, which is one of these core things that I, I adhere to. So it's one of these like huge pet peeves that I have that I understand. And I remember just exploding all over him. And, and he just kind of listened and he under, and he made a one smart aleck comment and I like, gosh, shut that down with anger. And then he just backed off. He gave me my space. He respected me enough to give me my space. And I finally came back to center. And, you know, I apologized because I was way out of line. But at the time, I wasn't feeling heard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So tricky. But mutual respect factors into that. And that is something that occurs through time with people. So I was going through an interesting moment recently and I was talking to a buddy of mine and I kept saying, you know, this is all the weird stuff I've got going on just to express it and to, you know, shared pain is lessons. So sharing pain and then saying, but at least I'm not a fan of the sports team, which is his sports team. And then he laughed and I laughed and that was good. So I did inject a little levity at the end of it, but still being completely authentic. And that comes through. I guess the question is, what do you do when you, you are usually authentic and then you get hurt and you don't want to be authentic. So you end the friendship because right. you're like, well, authenticity doesn't work here. Right. And, and that is humongously tricky. And Sometimes a relationship needs to end. Some, all relationships, all friendships are not forever. There are friendships that are, and there are others that aren't. People come and go as, as needed into your life sometimes. And then sometimes it's about everybody taking a step away. Like I took a step away and I was like, dang, I was kind of a, a meanie. So I, I need to come back and, and make it okay because I treasure and I value this friendship. And, you know, boom. See, I can't be friends with this person because it, I don't feel like it's strong enough. It's the kind of situation where the person thinks that they are in the right and I'm completely in the wrong, where it's both. I can see where I'm wrong. I can see where I don't have the strength right now to be forgiving and to still uh, respect this person. And I started to come up with all the things that I don't respect about this person. I don't think that I have it in me to be fully loving towards this person. Well, you just said there are things I don't respect. Yeah, you I know, know. And, uh, you know, I think to be friends with somebody is to respect them warts and all, as they say. And I thought I did. Mm -hmm. I thought I did, but I realized I don't because and certain things are deal breakers for me. And so it's, it's, it's done. You know, is that okay? As I said, some friendships, some relationships are people are meant to come in and out. And, and when things change, things change. But I realized all along they never considered it the type of friendship that I thought it was. And that's what really hurts. And here I am saying, you know, going back to the Nicomachean ethics. Right. Know what kind of friend you have. Exactly. And I didn't want to face the fact that I had signs all along that this person was in it for not the same reasons I was in. Right. But I ignored it because I just wanted to have a sisterhood, you right. know? Okay. I, I completely get it. For me, I mean, you are, you're the cliff diver who like jumps from a hundred feet up into the water, plunges down 20 feet, you know, whereas I 
dip my toe in the water. And if that's okay, then I put my foot in the water. And I finally get to a point where, you know, I can embrace, I can submerge, I can whatever, but it all takes time for me. Yeah. And it's, it's a different way of doing it. And it's not absolutely not your way. I feel like there's so much to do in life. I don't have time for that. Right. You know, I, I, I want to take a dive in. And if you're with me, you're with me. Right. But I got to say, living that way, it can be painful sometimes and, because and there you go. then you get into the situation that I get into. Right. Um, it's, but- it's, it's like literally, I'm so like stoked that um, all work seems to be remote now because day one at any job, they always took me out to lunch and taking me out to lunch with me as a vegan means I get to, I have to tell them I'm a vegan. And there is so much like burden that goes along with that because people make assumptions in the same way people make assumptions about born again Christians or, right, you know, and a lot of that is not factored for me. And the thing is that you have to hide the fact that you have this lifestyle that you have to defend it because most people think vegans are crazy people. But and that's just it. You have I'm to not, protect yourself I'm, and you have to prove to them that you're like this human being that doesn't stand on a soapbox and say, meat is murder, you know? Well, and but that's just it. Authentically, I am that guy. I don't stand on a soapbox and say meat is murder. If you want to talk about, you know, the standard American diet, we can talk about it. If you don't want to, if you want to deny it a million other things, then that's fine too. The prove, the protect, the defend, the hide are the aspects that come in again. Right. But that's just it. I don't hide it. It's right. just because you're authentic. I'm it. I don't come into the place with vegan, a vegan button on or, you know, a, a magic <laughs> light behind me that says, yes, he's vegan. I, I allow it to emerge organically so that, you know, because it's not it is certainly a, a part of me, but the 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 key initial things that people discover about me are he's helpful he's friendly he's interested he's curious those are more central than and he's never late and he doesn't like it when you're late um those are the things that are central and you know being vegan is one of like a kajillion aspects i don't tell people the music i listen to either i don't tell them that i follow the tour de france it just typically doesn't come up at first. I'm not going to give somebody the laundry list of this is exactly who I am. I, you know, that comes through time. I guess that's part of what resumes are for. <laughs> so they know, like maybe there should be resumes for friendships, you know, like this is me, this is my past, this is what I do, this is who I am. And they know this stuff exists and you'll figure it out as time goes on, I guess. I don't know. This conversation went in a completely different direction than I thought it would. Okay, you always say that every time we talk. Where did you think authenticity would go to when I said, you know, we should be talking about authenticity? I was expecting to talk about rock and roll, but that's a whole other story. Rock and, what were you going to say about rock and roll? Pray tell. The key thing that differentiates, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> Rock and roll from like pop music is that rock and roll is, and this is Encyclopedia Britannica people, they say that rock and roll is authentic and pop is not. Pop is constructed and being authentic means being true to one's personality, spirit, and character. Maybe they should say rock and roll is genuine because it belongs to, or no, the other way around. 
there's genuine which is belonging to being native and authenticity is conforming to the reality worthy of trust reliance or belief so maybe the, the Dif- key, different different we 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 but, pulled our definitions from different places darling. but like genuine means it comes from this original source so maybe the words should be different the, that they use for rock and roll. Any, any, anyways. Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica states. So? Rock and roll is authentic and pop isn't necessarily. And so they even cited it was funny because it's, it's older. From... But they actually even cited that Madonna can be considered a rock artist because it comes from an authentic place in her. Like I said, genuine means belonging to, coming from the original stock, native, and authentic is conforming to reality and therefore worthy of trust, reliance, or belief. I'm just saying maybe the words should be used differently. I don't know. Is it getting too complicated, what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm, you don't understand what I'm saying? Oh, no, I do. I just, yeah, I have different, I have a different definition First for authentic. First of all, we so can't talk about art, go. and art is so changeable depending on your mood you know you can't say art is this art is constantly changing and evolving transforming you can't say this is rock and roll that's just one person's definition isn't it hello encyclopedia you know what that's like saying that's like bible something right there it is i don't care if it's in the encyclopedia britannica one man wrote that probably oh man is giving me the death look whatever (laughs) some people wrote it with a specific point of view on what defines life like you can't you life is you cannot define life you cannot define it you sure as heck can't define art it is different for everyone rock and roll may be meaning something so different to someone else it's how you feel if you feel rock and roll if that's what the term you put on it it's rock and roll i don't think madonna is rock and roll no but they said she was a rock artist Okay, I don't care. We're getting into like exactly. It's See, like, it's like like I said, religion off, off on a tangent. So it's, it's you debating. can cut this whole segment out, okay, and you whatever. will. Well, anyway, again, thank you, you. You actually ended it so beautifully before you asked me if I had anything else to say. So anyway, authentically, sincerely, thank you for listening to us. Absolutely. As always, go to ourfriendlyworldpodcast.com to get a hold of us to talk to us. And to support us in any way you want, whether that's coming on our show, donating, anything. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for hearing us and having us be heard. Really appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Be well. Bye.